Hi there, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of our occasional series of the Inenco podcast. We've got a new hosting team for you this time around with me, David Hughes, from the communications team here at Inenco, and I'm delighted to be joined by Jordan Rassas, who leads our new business team. Hi, Jordan. How are you? Hi, David. Very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks, mate. So we're, we're both new to this podcasting lark, but probably like me, you listen to more and more of them. So what's your favourite one at the minute? Yeah, I do. Uh, listening to more and more, um, well, as many as ever at the minute, and there's maybe two or three that I, I flip between. So I like Jordan Peterson from a psychology perspective. I think he gets good guests. Um, I like neuroscience. So Andrew Huberman's got, got some good podcasts, anything with him on. And finally, the High Impact podcast with, with Jake Humphreys has helped me a lot in the, the corporate world. Well, that sounds really interesting. I'll have to add those to my uh, weekend playlist. Yeah, definitely. I think I think they are worth a listen, David. What's your what's your favourite at the minute? What do you listen to? Well, I've, I've got to say, mine is the rest of his politics, but that's not unusual because it's at the top of the um, of the podcast charts at the moment. I think so. That's the one with Alistair Campbell and Rory Stewart. They're both obviously really bright, articulate, and witty blokes, and show that you can disagree about politics, but in a civilized way. And you learn learn more about parts of the world that you don't really make it into the news normally. So that that's well worth a listen, I'd say. Definitely, yeah. I'll give it a go. Easy to find as well right at the top. <laughs> well, we, we best crack on and talk about what our audience are expecting us to talk about today. Sounds like a plan. So today's subject is going to be the energy market and specifically the impact it's having on schools and colleges. Well, that's right. And it's certainly a subject that grabs everyone's attention over the last year or so in a way that it hadn't done previously, isn't it? So you'd have to be living in a, under a stoner thing not to know that prices have stored. But before we get into the detail of what's happening right now, is it worth just spending a bit of time looking back to understand how we got here? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that that does make sense. So I think to start with, I always um, kick things off by stating that most people don't realise the, the energy crisis, if you will, began in 2020. Um, so back then at the start of 2020, COVID was announced, which in turn caused lockdown, which in turn caused a reduction in demand globally for gas and electricity. And oil was trading so low back then that people were being paid to take delivery of oil on short-term contracts or on a short-term basis. What then happened was as we entered 2021, um, a lot of Southern Hemisphere countries, particularly the Southeast Asian countries, they began manufacturing this time at unprecedented levels, which meant that their demand for things like gas and electricity, and more specifically LNG, which would be burnt to, to generate more electricity, their demand for those products skyrocketed. And in 2021, the uh, Europe, European plan was going to be a, a gas pipeline running from Russia into Western Germany called Nord Stream 2. What we saw throughout 2021 was the minute gas injection facilities went to the market to start buying gas at the start of summer and, and filling it into storage, which is something they do every year. Unfortunately, there, there wasn't anywhere to go to get that gas at competitive rates because the price of LNG had, had reached you know world record highs. Nord Stream 2 was delayed, delayed, delayed. Ultimately, uh, by November, December 21, that was then cancelled. And what we then saw in 2022 was at the end of February, the Russia-Ukraine conflict began, which in turn saw Europe's focus switch from securing cheap gas and electricity to securing gas and electricity. You know, we'd gone from importing 43% of our gas from Russia to now needing to be not dependent on Russia. And I guess the the impact has been one whereby 
any business effectively looking at um, energy costs or energy prices currently is facing huge cost increases because from a commodity perspective, um, in terms of where we're at now compared to where we were two to three years ago, prices are fundamentally different. And, and I guess in a in a parting statement, you know, we've gone from record lows for energy costs two years ago to, to record highs for energy costs, which is what we've seen in, in the most recent six to 12 months. So that's how we got here. And I know you've been spending a lot of time uh, talking to colleges and multi-academy trusts in particular, haven't you? So, so what have the colleagues of people who are listening to us now been telling you the impact has been in uh, schools and colleges? Sure. So there's been a couple of main impacts um, focused around cost and budgeting, really. So to start with the obvious one, which has probably been the most damaging in the short term, which was cost. So historically for colleges, a lot of purchasing was done on the fixed price market. Now, I'll stress there is no right or wrong way to buy energy. The I'd say double-edged sword that a lot of colleges have faced is that they happened to sign fixed price contracts last time when markets were at record lows and now they're looking at record highs. Also, they've potentially been caught unawares um, in terms of the projected cost increases because the act of having a contract in place for three years means you're not naturally going to be looking and, and studying energy prices daily. And often colleges don't have the resource to be doing that. So when the, the fixed price contract was signed, it was almost put to bed, if you will. And now now colleges are looking at extreme cost rises. So, and I, and I guess to build on that point, to the, another, another challenge is that from being a subject that wasn't a particularly big deal for schools and colleges, their understanding isn't necessarily with the depth of understanding or experience to know how best to advise the senior leadership team as to what to do for the best now. Yeah, again, absolutely. Uh, colleges are seeing that magnified, if you will, because I think it does all stem from resource. And I think the thing to to not miss here is the fact that fundamentally the energy market has completely changed over the last 12 to 18 months. You know, even companies that have got fully fledged global commodity um, trading teams have struggled to keep up with, with changes in the energy market. So from a resource perspective, we've got changes that have never happened to this magnitude before. But not only that, the cost impact, you know, I keep talking about the impact of cost. Some businesses now will be looking at two, three, 400% cost increases. They're so big that boards are now getting involved, as you said, David, senior leadership's now getting involved. And this is often for the first time. Go back three, four, five years, the energy markets were stable, which meant that senior leadership didn't need to be involved. So now they're getting a baptism of fire with, you know, needing to be involved for the first time. But not only that, the consequences of getting it wrong potentially now have been totally magnified also. So I know this isn't an either or type question. But is your sense that although the huge price hikes are, are in themselves obviously a big big deal, the challenge of setting the right budget and sticking to it is almost a bigger problem? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, costs costs impact all business. And when the market does something like this, you know, there's only going to be a certain amount of time that you can hold back the cost for. And eventually when cost increases come in, they are going to have a ripple effect that that can't really be avoided. For me, one thing that that definitely has helped businesses plan for this is advanced warning. Um, you know, this from a market perspective, in the two or three minutes that I unpacked the market movement, you'll have understood this wasn't an overnight thing. So for me, one of the most important things to get right, and one of the most important things and um, the colleges we've been working with over recent years have got right, is that budgeting. You know, it's never been more important to to prep boards. It's never been more important to to, to take stakeholders on the journey. 
Um, but not only, because now, as I said, not only is budget so important, but getting it right is important. And I think one of the things we've spoken about a lot so far today is the commodity element. Um, so the actual physical raw energy or the raw gas, a lot of non-commodity uh, element, a lot of the non-commodity element of gas and electricity has risen as well. So one thing we've not touched on is that the rise of non-commodities and the industry as a whole probably hasn't brought enough information around non-commodity rises to prospects out there. Um, so I don't envy a lot of um, positions that the colleges are in. Great, thanks for that. But I'm, I'm just thinking for our listeners, they might not understand what we're talking about when we talk about the non-commodity cost. Do you want to unpack that a bit more for us maybe? Yeah, absolutely. So Again, commodity is the physical raw energy that powers your building, turns the lights on, heat the building, uh, heats the building. And the non-commodity is all of the, the non-energy charges. So things like the transport, the taxes, the distribution charges, again, things like supplier margin and supplier charges will be will be built into the, the non-commodity side of things. And I think the most important thing to note from a non-commodity perspective is non-commods almost always depend on what you do as a business, where you're based, how much energy you use, when you use it. And not only that, it's a moving feast in the sense that a lot of non-commodity charges will change annually in terms of the rates that they're billed at, sometimes monthly, sometimes quarterly. And there's also a lot of non-commodity charges that are tightly linked. In fact, they are absolutely linked to the current wholesale cost of energy as well so obviously any movements in the market or, or anything fundamental that changes it's so important to, to build that into your budget but from listening to the news most people will be getting a sense that despite the war on in ukraine carrying on that prices have been edging down a bit more recently so do you think we'll be back to what used to be the the norm anytime soon so a few things on that. So again, and it is something I'm asked quite a lot, the markets have come down 60% since since pre-Christmas. Um, on that second part of the question, going back to the norm anytime soon, when people think normal, I think they think 50 pounds per megawatt or five pence per kilowatt hour, which was the normal historical um, commodity cost back in 2020 and, and pre-2020. For context, there are now non-commodity charges that are higher on that, higher than that on their own. Um, the reality is, as I mentioned earlier on, the world has changed so much. The power markets have changed so much. We're in the transition period of all transition periods. And realistically, moving forward, it's it's far more likely that the new normal is going to be a much higher price. And I think the other thing to explain is, is this post-Christmas drop. This is something I'm being asked about so much at the minute. Prices have come down since December. Does that mean they're going to carry on falling throughout February, March, April, May and into 2023? When you look at the reasons as to what's caused this post-Christmas drop, the market is still very, very reactive to bad news. There just hasn't really been any. Gas storage is, is completely full. Uh, seasonal temperatures are well above the, the norm for this time of year. And unfortunately, the, the cost of living crisis short term has had a, a big impact because many people are making decisions around heating and eating. So I think the fundamental reality is everything's as good as it can be. Um, in terms of fundamental issues in the market, fundamental impacts, the likelihood is as we move throughout time, as we start exporting some of the gas that's in storage or as the temperatures start to come in, that the markets might start to move. Because all of the, or I guess the key takeaway here is all of the same conditions that existed in 2022 that caused the markets to do what it did in 2022 still exist today. We're still going to need to fill our gas storage. There's still going to be a rush for supply in October.
Right. So if the problem is going to be around for the foreseeable future, I guess, then what have we been advising the schools and colleges that we're working with to do about it? So I think the first thing to understand that there's no silver bullet, you know, but I simplify it by saying now it's important to do three things to, to buy correctly, to account for what you're using and to do whatever you can to reduce consumption. So from a procurement perspective, the colleges that we're working with, we're directing towards longer term flexible contracts that can offer the price certainty that they require, but have also now advanced to a point where they don't come with ever-changing rates, which have historically put out put off a lot of colleges. We'll work to a strategy that suits the college's specific situation. You know, do you need budget certainty? If so, at what cost? Do you want the best possible price? If so, at what risk to budget? Once we've then defined a strategy, um, I think what's important is to account for what you're buying. As I mentioned, we'll look at things like invoice validation. Um, we take in process a million invoices a year. One thing we've found really beneficial and specifically for colleges is looking back historically over the previous six years of billing as well. And we've had some really good quick successes with a lot of colleges that have been able to turn around results that, again, haven't changed anyone's financial year, but they've been very, very welcome in terms of cash back into the business. And I guess finally, once you've bought your energy and started accounting for it, consumption reduction. You know, we're speaking to all sorts of colleges now that are looking at things like heat decarbonisation, net zero, genuine energy efficiency projects. So we can get involved in them. We can look at coming in, surveying the college. You know, we've surveyed over 1,500 sites in the last four years. So I think that'll be a, a really good starting point also. So just to try to summarise that a bit then, I guess what you seem to be saying is, Focus on longer term contracts, have the right strategy that, that meets the needs of you, you as a college, as the organisation, and look a bit more broadly at invoice validation and historical audit to bring some money quickly back into the college or school. Um, and at the end of the day, it's an obvious thing to say, but find a way of using less. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. And I think at the same time as addressing the price and budget challenge, the sector is also looking at how it can operate more sustainably. Well, we've probably hit on the topic for our next podcast right there, haven't we? Yeah, I think so. But obviously, in the meantime, if anyone does have any questions about what we've covered today, then, then please do get in touch. We'd love to go through this in more detail. And, and how do our listeners best do that? So by email, jordan.rassas at inenco.com, or our website is www.inenco.com, or you can find me on LinkedIn. Right. Well, thanks for that, Jordan. I think we've made it to the end of our first podcast. How do you think we did we've done? Yeah, I think that's going to be for the listeners to judge, David. Um, I'm sure we would you know, appreciate some feedback and ideas of, of what else we can cover in future episodes also. Yeah, well, that would be great. But in the meantime, from me and Jordan, we'd just like to say thanks for listening and goodbye. Yeah, thanks. Bye, everyone. Have a great day.